Mike, how's it going, my friend? Oh, Andrew, it's so good to see you. Can we start that over? <laughs> Sorry. What in the world? You said um, you were ready. My tone, my, uh, yeah, I needed a second take. Welcome to the Redeeming Church Podcast. On this podcast, one current and one former pastor discuss current issues facing the church and how to navigate them. This is episode 24, and I'm your host, Andrew. On this episode, Mike and I speak to those people who are feeling burned out, discouraged, and want to leave the church. Why in the world should you stay? And if you do, what should it look like? Let's dive in. Mike, how's it going, my friend? Andrew, buddy, it is going well. It's good to see you. It's been it's been a little while. I know we we recorded an episode, and then uh, now we're recording like and then a released month later. It seven weeks later. <laughs> the The Olympics have come and gone since our last episode. March Madness is in, in full swing, so it is. Uh, it's good to see your face again, buddy. You too, and to our podcast audience. You know, I was going to say we apologize, but I apologize. You know, it's totally on me. We've recorded that episode, last episode like eight weeks ago, and then it took me like five weeks to edit it. So there you go. You know, most of our <laughs> listeners are are Wisconsinites. And so I feel like if we just tell them, hey, we were hibernating because winter in Wisconsin are winter, brutal, they would, they would understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come on, guys. Quit judging. But we're back and consistent. We commit. We are going to we are going to be consistent through the end of season two for you the podcast audience because we know how much you want it so we're going to give it to you we're going to give it to you and uh if we miss if we miss a week we'll give you andrew's email and uh, uh that that's okay i thought you were gonna say salary so email i can handle <laughs> uh we could do that too we could have like a listener uh like a gift or uh yeah, yeah. Wins win a year's salary from Andrew. Spoilers, pastors don't get paid a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, it would be good. Um Mike, we are uh the time of this recording, we are uh right before the final four of March Madness. Wow. And since I know all of our podcast audience are basketball fans. I thought that'd be kind of our icebreaker today, which we can just breeze through the fact that Arkansas just lost to Duke in the uh, <laughs> Elite Eight, which is, you know what? You know what? We made it to two Elite Eights in a row back to back. I feel pretty good about that. You 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 should feel pretty good about that. I do. Um, I do. As as Wisconsinites, we we yeah. all suffered yeah. through a, a first weekend uh out next to the Badgers, yeah, in Milwaukee, so that's even better. Yeah, um, yeah. Where was the home court? Yeah, Ugh. yeah. You know, it, it was interesting. I I typically follow Badger basketball closely. I haven't as much this year, and so I think these were like the the games, the first Badger games I actually mm. watched were at the uh, were at March Madness, and mm. uh, and I'm like, wow, uh, we're not we're not very good. So I feel like I, I missed out on on a good season. Uh, because boy, they did not look good. Whereas Arkansas, hey, 
yeah, they were, they had some, they had some rough games. It looked like, but they still pulled out. So that was early fun. on. Well, right in December, we lost to Hofstra, but then we went on a, like a 13 game winning streak, beat number one, Auburn beat number one Gonzaga in the tournament. First yeah. time any team has beat number one team in the regular season and in the tournament. So bringing it home. There you go. Pet yourself in the back, but uh, yeah, sorry. Did you have a, you, you have some related to that? Nope. That was it. No, I'm just kidding. I do. have. <laughs> um, so it's, it's like, I'm okay. Like I love March Madness. Like I love the tournament. I wouldn't change anything about it. It's like super fun. Best three weeks of sporting in the year. I think a lot of people say that. Do you agree with that opening statement? Uh, I think it is one of the better. Uh, is it the best? Uh, not to be the best for you, but one of the better. It's, I, I definitely, I definitely think it is one the, of the most entertaining the, I, to, I won't, to follow I won't, through. And I won't call it perfect because nothing's perfect, but it's like it's not broken. It's, it's up there. I don't, yeah. I don't need to fix the tournament. Correct. Yep. But, but there is so much laud and praise given to the champion of the NCAA tournament. But the champion does not always represent the best team in college basketball that season. So like right, the mantra, any team can beat any other team on any given day. I think it's a lot more true in basketball than it is like in football, right? In football, mm-hmm. especially with the four-team college playoff now, you are generally getting, especially in the championship, you're going to get the two best teams from the season in that championship. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're going to be the champion. Um, not true, not true in college basketball, right? which is clear from Gonzaga. It's great that Arkansas beat Gonzaga. Was Arkansas a better team than Gonzaga this season? No, they were the, they were consistently the best team in college basketball and they're not going to win. Um, in fact, there's only one, one seed left right now, Kansas. Right. So, um, so my complaint is that the winner of the like regular season who, who did the best does not get the laud and praise mm-hmm. that they should because all it takes is one semi-cold night by Gonzaga or let's go Kentucky. One semi-cold night from Kentucky and super hot night from this random team from Jersey City, right? St. Peter's. And yep. then you're out and you have no chance. So like, it's just not a true indicator of like the chance, like the best in college basketball. So it makes me mm. wish there was more hype for the team who actually like was the best that season. Okay. Diatribe over. What are your, what's your response? Wow. I mean, I think that is, uh, that's quite the opinion that, well, um, it's long, it's long thought out, you know, and it is, uh, it, it, there's a, so, uh, I don't know. So baseball has talked about expanding the postseason, right? Because the idea is like more games is more fun. And, and I, I disagree and, and more money. That's really why they're doing it. Those greedy owners and uh, commissioner, but, um, it, but it's interesting, right? Even talking about more, more teams, right. It, it creates more of an opportunity for another team to like sneak in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't have, really have a great regular season, but sneaks in and, uh, and then could get hot at the right time. Right. And, mm-hmm. and the other team just has to be off. And so it kind of produces a lot more uh, chance as opposed to skill and talent. And, uh, you know, and I feel like it, it, to come back to college basketball, I, I can definitely see the argument for, you know, how do you, how do you celebrate like the teams that like were consistently great all season long on their schedule and all that, like, how do you, how do you reward them or, or, um, and, and someone would say, well, they get the number one overall, they're the overall one in the tournament, which 
what does that really mean? <laughs> right. Because like you said, that, uh, that could happen. So, yeah, I guess the question then is how, how do you celebrate uh, a team like that? Do you give them a couple of buys? Do you, uh, do you just say, Hey, you automatically are in the final four or, or what, or do you get a regular season banner? Uh, yeah. What, what do you, what is, what comes to your mind if you were to revolutionize the game? So, so the way that I would change, even though I think the tournament is super fun and very exciting and like, I'm, I'm all about the upsets. I'm all about the madness, like bring it on, mm-hmm. but to get a more true indicator, I think what I would do, because did you know that uh, I'm going to forget it entirely. I think it's the last 22 years. It could be 25 years of the tournament. Um, like 24 of the last 25 tournaments have been won by a one, two or three seed. Right. Mm. I think the one exception, I remember Butler like 10 years ago. Oh, sure. Like I remember that one. Or something. Yep. Um, so because of that, it's great to have fun with all these additional teams in there, but they're not going to win. Right. Um, so I would say a more fair way, right. The best of seven series is a more true is a better with NBA does it MLB. Um, so I think that you cut it down to 32 teams. Okay. Sure. And I think okay. that you, at least in the opening rounds, you know, see, I think for all of them, right. I think you do best of three, mm-hmm. like expand it, have like a Wednesday through Sunday and just have, have each round. So maybe you do five weeks instead of three weeks of the tournament or four weeks. And then you do, you know, each, each weekend you do a Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday game. And um, anyway, best of three feels like it would give, a more true indicator you you and i <laughs> i know the saint peters knocked off kentucky murphy state purdue right i get it which, but the which is a, which was like a flash in the pan like that that has never happened so i mean that yeah, right right but the odds of kentucky losing two of those three games correct are right far seem like they're going to be far less than a one-off yeah so, i don't know mm. the best two out of three would be more but then you lose a lot of the madness of people being upset yeah. if they like it. So I don't know. Yep. I don't know what the answer is. Mm. It's all about the Man. money. It doesn't matter. Whatever makes it's true. Money. It really is about the money. Well, I, hey, I enjoyed least, that. Oh, at least ahead. student athletes are getting a cut of it now. That's true. That That's fair. Uh, I love this segment of redeeming March Madness. I feel like this was... This this needed to be spoken. Could be a whole spinoff podcast. Yes, man. Redeeming sports. That's what redeeming we should do. Sports. Yeah. Whoo. Listen to a couple of big guys talk about sports. If I don't, if I don't feel like I have the expertise to speak much into church business, who man, I shouldn't speak a single thing about sports. <laughs> one guy, one guy used to do play by play every once in a while. One guy's currently a struggling play by play guy, but yeah. You can have we'll talk about. about our expertise in the church. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. But there's a good segue. Let's dive in. To, uh, our episode oh. here. <laughs> what I like say? it. Well, uh, well, here I, I got some. Uh, we got some breaking news, Andrew. So let me get out the, you know, the the, the breaking news wire. Breaking news go, wire. You know, I don't know if you want to edit in some theme song later, but uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew, breaking news. People are uh, are feeling kind of burned out by by the church. Shocker. Shocker. Let that sink in for, for a moment or two. Um, okay. I not not maybe uh as breaking as news as it could be, mm-hmm. but it, it's something that is uh worth our discussion on this app of the Redeeming Church podcast. Um 
you know, it's hard to ignore how the last five years, it's kind of seemed like the American church has been uh, on fire in a lot of different ways, at least in, in the public opinion, uh, but also maybe the opinion of those who go to church. Um, and interesting enough, a recent op-ed post by David Brooks in the New York Times entitled, The Dissenters Trying to Save Evangelicalism from Itself, summarizes how the three big issues that have profoundly divided the church has been the white evangelical embrace of Donald Trump, uh, sex abuse scandals in the church or parachurch, parachurch organizations, and attitudes about race relations. And I think on top of that, as we think about the last three years, uh, whether it's COVID-19 and everything wrapped up into that as far as uh, the divisiveness on the virus, vaccines, or talk about the changing work landscape. I think I think all of us feel a little burned out about life. So I almost feel like it's maybe a little unfair to talk about just being burned out by the church. But anyways, um, you know, Andrew, we have a generation of Christians that uh, I think see a value in the church, but are struggling to submit to one because they're burned out. They feel or they're they're disenchanted. And so I figure on this episode, you know, let's put our pastor's hats on. Uh, I mean, you're you're always a pastor. I'm a former pastor. Always. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what what would we in this first segment, what would we tell someone who feels burned out and disenchanted from the church because of the reasons listed? Or maybe you can go talk more about just maybe they've been a volunteer in the church and they're feeling burned out from the mm. number of things that have happened. Like, what do we do? Let's yeah. let's pastor these people and let's help. Uh, yeah. Help them stay on the, the right track here. Mm, that's good. As any good pastor, uh, I have three three points. Oh, um, excellent! But that will turn off to like twenty points, right? Like twenty. Uh, well, if we're being David Platt, yeah, a little twenty five point <laughs> sermon. Um, yeah. So I think that I think I think the first thing is um, I would say to somebody who's feeling that um, <laughs> not to sound millennial or whatever, like I validate that feeling. I have mm. that like you are, you are allowed to feel what you feel and burnout is an incredibly real symptom of the time that we're living in. Mm. Um, the pandemic has done things to our psyche, um, our relationships, our, our way of being, our energy levels, our emotions that we just, I think we all think we have a grasp on it. And I don't think we even fully will until kind of even the next few years come like, it's just, it is really, it's destroyed some people and certainly caused a lot of this burnout. Um, so when I think about the future, uh, well, I'm not going to dive into that segment too. Um, but remind me, we'll get there. Like you, like it has just been a tough two years, and that built on the back of. But I firmly believe, and from the articles I read and the things I listen to in the modern state of the church, Christianity has not recently, maybe 10, 20 years ago, reached its height of popularity in Western culture in America. And it's been on the other side of that bell curve uh, here. And so that mixed with this pandemic and um, what feels like things really ramping up and expediting um, with a lot of the, um, yeah, especially the, the sexual culture uh, that we live in and some other hot button issues, just right, I mean, some some of it is just burnout from tiredness, and some of it is burnout from from not being not being popular anymore to be considered a Christian or a follower of Christ, especially let alone believing in God. 
and a God. And so it just is all, and it's something a lot of us haven't experienced before with this what mm. we're starting to dive into the realm of persecution. Um, we are not anywhere to the level of what some Christians face on the planet or what they have throughout history, but we're, we're dipping our toe in it and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I would say is I, I get it. I empathize with you and I'm, and you're not alone. Like, right. I, I listened to a, um, um, uh, podcast. I can't remember what it's called. I think I might have mentioned it here on the podcast before church culture weekly. I'll try to look it up here. Um, church, something weekly. Um, but it's a podcast with the president of Barna, um, who's a Christian and another pastor church pulse weekly. That's what it's called. Mm. And they talk about a lot of stats on the church, um, kind of the, the, the national church and right. 75% of pastors in the last two years since COVID have seriously given consideration to leaving the ministry, not their, not their faith, but just not being a pastor anymore. Yeah. And so, so I say that to, to comfort you actually, that you're not alone. Mm. Like you feeling this way is, is natural and it's okay. Um, What's well, not okay, and what we'll talk about here is is what you potentially do with that, uh, because mm. we're because we are called to certain things in Scripture, and as pastors, it's our job, it's my job to to give you those, to encourage you, and help you walk in those. Um, so, my yeah. So my first point, first point is to say, I understand, and you're not wrong for feeling that way. Um, before I say my other two points, I'll I'll give it to you, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think in a lot of how I would comfort is, is probably the same, the same, right. That uh, I think, I think the first thing I'd probably say is maybe take a break off of Facebook and Twitter, which is, uh, which is what, which is what I'm trying to do uh, right now with my wife. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's interesting how much uh, taking a social media break, how much I don't miss uh, certain things about Facebook. Right. Um, but, you know, at the same time, how I still feel like I, I think the weight of, of the, uh, the understanding of the fatigue and frustration by, by a lot of people. And I think especially too, you know, you're, we're just seeing so much of, of this, this disunity and this dysfunction. And I think a lot of things have, have come to light the last few years that I think, um, yeah, we're just, we're just struggling to wrestle with what to do. And I think that impacts our, our. Um, our, our horizontal view of each other impacts our vertical view of God. And I think that's, that's a kind of, that's a also source of burnout when, where it's like, we want to run to Jesus, but we're also struggling to know like, who can we actually run to like of his people? And I think that creates uh, yeah, that creates a stress and exhaustion, or maybe you are someone on the other side, right? You're, you're that volunteer who's just trying to kind of survive the number of changes that have happened or, um, you know, the difficult conversations that have happened, whether it's been COVID or, or race relations, all that is exhausting. And, and like you said, it's okay to name it <laughs> just to say it like, this mm-hmm. has been really hard. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, it, it, like you said, and I think I feel, I feel this uh, already right now, like even, uh, even though it, it kind of seems like we're turning a corner, hopefully I know we've said that before about mm. the pandemic. Um, but even like, uh, I've had a hard time. I don't know for you, Andrew, I've had a hard time of like being able to have like relationships with people because I'm just so used to like zoom or, <laughs> you know, there's just certain things like, especially sometimes in the church, right? Like, what is it on both sides? Like it's connected. There's this awkwardness of like, how do we, how do we be in relationship with one another? And that's, that's what makes it really hard when you feel like when your relationships have changed 
Um, and so it's, it's difficult. Uh, so I would, you know, and I, you know, as I think of scripture, I think of, uh, what I would tell someone is, you know, what, what Jesus says in John 15, right. It applies, I think to now more than ever, right. Jesus says, remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself. Unless it remains in the vine, neither can you, unless you remain in me, mm-hmm. I am the vine. You are the branches, right? Like we, you could, you could really just spend a lot of time just reading that over, you know, writing that up, highlighting however you do your study and, and just like praying that, like just, and just praying like, Lord, I, I do need to remain in you because um, right now it feels like there's so many things around us that are just kind of robbing us of our joy. Right. Or, or, or pulling our attention away from, from him. And, and again, I think, you know, the church divisiveness is, is a big part of that. And, you know, we don't want to, we, we've talked a little bit about our certain opinions on things, but we, we try not to like, give specific political opinions on, on things mm. for reason, because I think, again, from the pastor standpoint, it, just to remind people that look like, yeah, the, these things are often are tough, no matter where you stand uh, on it. I think all of us are feeling that, that weightiness of thing. And so it's, you know, it's, it really is about right now putting our eyes back on Jesus. Um, I sat down Andrew uh, with a chaplain not too long ago. Cause yeah, you know, as myself, as uh, someone who's, who's on the other side of it now, not, not in the church, but on the uh, other side, on the other side, gone uh, through the gauntlet. Yeah. Um, and it, it was interesting. I was talking to the chaplain and, uh, and just kind of laying out all like, yeah, just, just my heart on things right now. And I think, I think frustrations that I had as a pastor and they have now, and, and his advice to me was, uh, you need to find your first love again. Mm. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And so mm. what, what that means for, um, someone who's not familiar with the reference, that first love is Jesus. And, uh, and sometimes, uh, we, we get caught up in, in loving maybe other things about God, or, or in my case, the work of ministry, but not God himself. And, and when you take your, your eyes off the prize, um, that's when the burnout starts to sink in, right? That's when the tiredness comes. That's when the tired soul comes. Yeah. And that's where like loving people is a lot harder <laughs> when you don't have a, a correct view of Jesus. And so when you get that part, right. Uh, everything overflows. And so, yeah, I think to someone who's burnt out or disenchanted from the church, I'm with you, Andrew. I, we get it. We totally get it. And, and yet, man, let's, let's put our, our eyes back on Jesus. Uh, Cause that is, that's more important than ever right now. Right. And I think, I think a lot of Christians are, are sometimes, uh, you know, because the church has some flaws to it, right. That reflects on Jesus. And uh, I think we got to be, we got to separate the two and mm. see that Jesus is perfect even though his people are, are not including, including us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, a lot of the thoughts I have, I I'm trying to save because segment three, I'm trying to save for segment three. Yeah. I will, but I'll say this lot. In fact, I think one or two of my points kind of fit there better, but I'll say this last thing. Um, right. So in marriage, um, which I want to be very careful with this because, um, because I'm personally kind of involved in a situation right now where it looks like divorce is, is what's going to be the outcome. And that makes me bitterly yeah. sad. And I know uh, another person too. And so, um, so I don't want to speak too much on it, but in general, God's idea for marriage um, is that, is that it is marriage is a union for, for life till death do us part. And, and so therefore the, no matter how hard it gets, um, the goal generally is, is reconciliation. Um, and so, 
So the idea that like, you know, a lot of people use the phrase divorce is not in our vocabulary. Um, and I, I think there are situations where, where it's um, even, even Christ gave, gave an out, uh, you know? And so I think that, and now I'm not, I'm not speaking, I'm not, I don't mean to speak to divorce or any marriage in particular, but in the parallel way that when you are in a marriage, you should generally see it as like, I'm, I'm in this, right? My goal is to reconcile. Um, so in the same way with the church, right? <laughs> the church is not like, what would I tell someone? I would, I would validate and understand how you feel, but I also want to encourage you and tell you that um, the church is not optional for for those who are in Christ and those that follow follow Jesus, follow the authority of Scripture, right? Hebrews ten, um, let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess. For He who promises faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And so we can't encourage one another if we are not with each other um, meeting regularly in church. And so, so I would encourage you in your burnout, the answer is not to give up church. That is not the answer. Um, I want to talk about some practical ways of what you can do now here in our third segment of how that can look for you and different than maybe it has uh, for a season. Um, so therefore two weeks to six months, <laughs> I was called out on that recently because um, right. A season of life, like, like my kid, like we're in a season of life with our three kids. Right. And like that season is more than six months. So our definition was incorrect. Mike, was it, was it Steve? Who called um, you out? It was not, it was an unnamed <laughs> source that I won't go on. Yes. Steve, <laughs> Steve with all those kids he's got. That's right. Um, anyway, so how that can look differently, but the idea of not being in a church is not an answer um, mm-hmm. and not, because that's not going to pull you out of the burnout. There's not big. Yeah. It may be some people's response is flight, right? And so it may be what you want to do. It may feel safe and comfortable, but that's not going to lead you, uh, help get you through this. Hmm. It, that's such a really good point to, to bring up on. Because um, I'm seeing that more, how the response for by some Christians has been, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to be a part of a church, but I'm going to stand on the side and, and criticize why it's, why it's wrong and, and, and why things are, how things are broken. And I, and I think there is something to be said about like, yes, like let's analyze the issues of the church. Like that, that's a good thing. Like, like health and set, like having a health assessment of your churches is by far a, a great thing, a beneficial thing, even though it could sting. But um, I think the problem that, that I see is, those who are disenchanted with the church then attack the church. Right. And, 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 and I guess it's, it's like, the, it's like the, what we see in a lot of different things, right. If you have a topic on something that gets thrown out on social media to discuss, right. It's, you know, there's, there's this back and forth, there's this arguing, right. Is there ever really a solution that comes out of it? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we, we see a lot of that. You can't try to fix something that you are on the outside of, you, you got it. You got to be in it. And then, you know, another you thing haven't been, you haven't been a part of the post that I have. I win all of those arguments. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I get the last word in and then I block the person. Did you block so, it? Yeah. <laughs> ah, there's a What strategy. are you going to do? I win. Yeah. There you go. Um, sorry, my computer is sorry, giving me notifications. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think I think bitterness is something that we also have to be very cautious of. Um, I think I think we can lament. You know how I'm reading Ezekiel right now. 
<laughs> uh, which is not a, uh, uh, at least the first like 30 chapters are not like uplifting, but they, they get so much into, right. Like, yeah, I think even God is like, it's, it's, it's frustrated and angry with, with his people, right? Like that's, that's not a new thing. And yet God still, I mean, like he, he tells uh, Ezekiel what to say and, and he, and he keeps on giving these warnings, but yet there's also a section that we see where God is still like calling his people back. Right. And I think, and I think that's what, how we need to respond as well is uh, yes, that, that we can lament to the things that are, that are wrong and broken and I'm, and I'm tired and frustrated. Um, but to just disconnect completely, right. I don't know if it, if it solves anything. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think you're hitting it, right. That mm. feeling of gotta, gotta stick with it. And <laughs> it's hard. And, and I think it's, it's, there's another thing that I have to say, like, it is hard. It is not, it is the, uh, it, the easy thing to do is to quit. And, and I, I think we feel that a lot, but doesn't make it, doesn't mean that's the right thing to do or the best thing to do mm. in the long run. Yep. Give it all up and play candy crush. <laughs> is that the, what's a good game to reference right there? Candy crush. Um, Wordle. Are you, are you in the Wordle train? You know, I tried it once and I was like, me. Yeah, um, I, I, I got about two days in before I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Wordle. Yes. There's like a math equation one. I can't remember what it's called. And there's like a geography one there. As a, it's called world world. I can't, <laughs> I can't pronounce it, but it's, they show you a outline of a country and you have to name what country it is. That does like no country surrounding it. So it's actually a lot tougher than you think. Oh, interesting. It actually sounds kind of cool. I couldn't identify France. Yeah. So there you go. So you could, you could like use that as an escape uh, from reality, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. several okay. variations of Wordle. Uh. So uh, segment two, um, is there hope? <laughs> is there, will the church be this broken um, forever? Uh, <laughs> is there, give us some hope, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. Um, no. Um yeah, look, we, we've talked a lot about where where the church has struggled. And so I, I feel like I've got more points on that, but I almost I almost feel like they're moot. Like, I think we get it. We see it. We see how and, and we can really start to name like the church is really bad at being good neighbors or we're, we're right. bad at loving people. Right. Um, and there's we could talk more about the culture wars that are happening. You know, I, I think of the Southern Baptist Convention as a good example of there's been a culture war within that. Right. Yeah. That that stems along the political lines and. Um, but yet I think in all of that, right. As we, as we think about, uh, scripture, right. There is I, the phrase from Ecclesiastes comes to mind where like, there's just, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just always been the case with, with the world, but also with God's people and also with the church. Like I was thinking about this, Andrew, you know, like how we sometimes like really romanticize, like the book of acts, like those mm-hmm. first initial chapters, right. Mm-hmm. We talk about how great, how great it is and how the church started in the Holy spirit. And that happens, right. That, that definitely happens. But then we also forget the, you know, the second half of acts is where the persecution picks up or, or how, how Paul's later having to write letters to churches that are, mm-hmm. that are, are off base. Right. And I think like, and where there is, maybe despair is that like until Jesus returns uh, the church is still going to be broken. And as long as there's broken people that go in it, uh, that will always be the case. 
at the same time, there are glimmers of hope that do point to how Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the whole, the whole Trinity is getting in, right? Like God is not so taken by surprise. <laughs> Everyone gets in. Get Every, in everyone's in. It's a, it's a full, full court press. Right. Um, and, and, I, and even though, yeah, there, there are some churches that are, that we could probably look at and go, that church is definitely uh, out of whack, whether it's like with how they're, you know, ministering to people, how they're, how they're making decisions based upon X or Y, whatever, like they're out there, but that's not every church, right? Not every church is, is doing that. Um, I'm, you know, one of the things I've been doing in my life transition is working for an organization that is a, that is a, a, a parachurch organization. And, you know, one of the things that I've been encouraged about is how, you know, for all the, all the bad things that are out there, there are, there are lots of testimonies of good things. There's mm-hmm. lots of testimonies and hope those don't typically make it on, make it on a social media all the time. Um, they're sometimes in prayer letters, but, but they're out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're present. Um, I was talking with a guy who, you know, in Madison where I live currently, um, you know, they're, uh, pastors in the area are, are getting together more often. Uh, whereas maybe they used to look at themselves as rivals, like, uh, whose church is bigger, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the tone is now, no, we want to get together to pray because we, right. we are, even though we have different, whether you have second or third tier uh, theological differences, you can still unite on the thing of, of, of prayer and revival and asking the Lord to be present. Like those things are happening. And I think that's where I feel more, I feel encouraged uh, at this point where, yes, I can, we can call out the reality that things are not the way they're supposed to be. Um, but then also take into account how that doesn't mean God has stopped working. Mm. Right. And, and, and that's the message of scripture is that like in the end, right. The last book of the Bible revelation talks about how things will be made new We're we're in the, there's the, the now and the not yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, and we're, we're kind of in the little the hyphen between those two words right. uh, or phrases like where we're or on that, on the verge to that. It's just, yeah, right now it's, it's trying to be faithful and, and to look for God in a lot of things that um, or a lot of examples that I think uh, like we're again, that's the horizontal vertical thing, right? If we're, if we're spending too much time in the horizontal looking around the world and not looking at God, I think we're going to get discouraged, but we have hope when we actually start asking the question, where am I seeing God in uh, my suffering? Where am I seeing God in my community? Where am I seeing God? Like those, there's plenty of stories out there. And I think if we're attentive to it, like God, God gives that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, that's, that's my optimist in me. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been pessimistic too. I've been like, Nope, burn it all down. <laughs> it's all, it's all over. Uh, but that is, uh, it's good to hear your optimism because I wouldn't generally qualify you as an optimist. Yeah. That's probably for the more best. A, not, not a best, more of a realist. More of a realist. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Actually the phrase though, that I, um, latched onto what you said uh, from Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. Yep. Nothing, nothing new under the sun. Right? right. Um, and even though, even though the hardships that we experience as the church, as followers of Christ, are the first time for some of us that we are experiencing them, um, this is not new to God and Jesus, and this is not new to his church. Mm-hmm. And so um I mean, that should that should give us hope. Yeah. Right. Not only has his church survived, it has grown in yep. 2000 years it's thrived and so um so this is not <laughs> not only is this not on our shoulders to make sure that his church is successful and continues on uh, is going to mm-hmm. die with our generation or with us um it also um, does not surprise him um, nothing is new to him that has happened 
Um, our role is to just be obedient to what we feel he has called us to. And so um, one thing, like the segment here's titles, the American church always going to be broken. Like, no, it's not always going to be broken um, to your, to your uh, statement. Yes. In some degree, because we're all broken humans, but um, in terms of kind of what we see as the church right now, it's lots of, uh, lots of things happening with people leaving and becoming unpopular. What I do think is happening. Um, and again, from, from what I read, what I see, my summary of kind of that state of things is that we're going through a refining fire. And I'm that phrase, even that phrase and that idea is not, I didn't come up with that. Um, hearing that from other guys who keep tabs on the church and how things are going. Um, I think the church as any trial, as any trial in our life, if we work to get through it instead of running and hiding, we will be stronger for it. Our relationships are stronger for going through a trial and conflict together. And the church will be stronger for this. And there will be somewhat of a weeding process of people who have more Sunday Christians or Christers, as we like to call them, uh, coming to church on <laughs> Christmas and Easter. Wow. Um, who may, I didn't, who may I didn't not, know that was a thing. I know, right? Yeah, we <laughs> double our attendance on Easter. Um, th- that the church will be stronger um, because those who are left after this, um, I think, will hopefully band together in our brokenness. Um, uh, and, I, and I don't know what what it is, what it looks like to go through the rest of this. I don't know what that's going to mean, um, or how much longer that's going to take, or what other issues are going to come up, or um, going through it. But once we do, we're going to be refined and drawn closer together, and more like Christ because of it. Um, if we stay and fight through it together, hmm. which I think leads into the third segment, unless you had anything else. Well, in segment well, I want to, I want to throw two things. One, uh, okay. I didn't realize that Christers was like a new, was like a word for, uh, I knew, I knew right. Easter and Christmas attendance goes up. I didn't know that there was a new word for it. So that's, well, I, think it that's, I think it was the wordle word the other day. Oh, <laughs> is that five letters? They expanded it one day to like 10 letters. Christers. Wow. wow. Uh, I think the second thing you said that, uh, that really resonates um, is it, it really isn't on us to try to save the world. And I think like, I feel like, I feel like millennials and centennials in particular, we kind of feel like, like we are, we are the world changers. Uh, we are, we are interconnected. And I think when we think of world, we think the whole thing, right. And that's why I think our generation is really good at, you know, movements or, or, or rallying, right. Like, like, I mean, that's a strength in other generations, but I think especially over the last couple of years, but, um, at the end of the day, it isn't on us. Like we're not, we're not the savior of the entire world. We're savior of, of the worlds that God has placed us in. And, and it's on us to try to change the world where we're at and be faithful there and obedient there. Not, you know, I think, uh, yeah. And, and I fall into this, like, I told him, like, I want to totally reshape the world. Right. Like, but, but I'm flawed. Like sometimes I can't even save myself in a lot of the things I do. Right. So so I need Jesus. And I think all of us do. And I think that is, I think a pressure that I feel like also leads to burnout is that we think like, like we put work into something and we don't see fruit of it. And we're like, oh man, like, <laughs> like what, what was the point? Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that resonated with me. And I, I think it's a good message to say, you know, Hey, look, it's not on you to save your church. Uh, the Lord is, the Lord is in it. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's on you, like Andrew said, to, to just be faithful and to stick with it. And, uh, yeah, to, to re- abide, remain in the vine. Remain in the vine. And it is such a releasing thought. I know, 
to really sound like a millennial, I think that uh, some of the Enneagram types um, and numbers can lend themselves towards um, kind of having a savior complex, kind of having yeah. having a sense of like, if I don't do this, nobody will. Like I yeah. have to say this. And there is just an inordinate amount of pressure placed on ourselves when we do that, when we think that, first of all, nobody else can do this but me. And I am needed in that way. And also to think that like, first of all, the success of success or failure of something is going to ride on you and people are going to see that um, whether you are a failure or success. And also furthermore, to take it a step further <laughs> to think that it's not okay if something fails, like goodness gracious, we just as a society and therefore as a church, like we need to be okay, more okay if something fails. And it's not, that is not, our validation does not come from the success or failures of our programs, of our activities, of things mm. we're going in, of our churches. If a church fails, like if a church, our church plants yeah. fail, things like our validation and who we are in Christ is not wrapped up in the, those things. That's a, that's a really good point. Like, you know, especially if like the institution of the American church ultimately collapses, right? Because God, God said it, that doesn't mean that the gospel will not be spread or that church will not still happen. Right. God, God forbid we have to move underground like lots of other churches yeah. in the world where those are the places the church is thriving the most. Yeah. Right? And I think I, I think I actually said this on the last episode um, as I'm remembering, like, you know, am I looking forward to that on one hand? Cause I have kids and I have a family. Like, no, like what does real persecution mean? Like, no, that terrifies me on one hand. And on the other hand, um, to be counted worthy of being persecuted for Christ to take it to the extreme degree is uh whew, we've really spiraled away from the question of is the American church always going to be broken? But um yeah, I think that we need to be okay that it is and will be, but that we'll be refined through it. Uh, which did you get your two points in or your other things? Oh, I I did. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we could it, it didn't matter much. I was gonna move on either way. Um, <laughs> just so you know so segment three which is the really kind of the nuts and bolts pedal pedal to the metal no uh rubber to the road insert your own analogy here is what it is um what can you do now like what so hey we know it's hard but stay in church like what are some practical ways uh, to help and encourage people through this um, and I'll start with one and then throw it back to you. I like a couple here. So I think that, um, one of the best ways to, um, oh man, I gotta be careful with this. Let me back up. No, be reckless. Let me back up. Let me back up. I think the one of the best ways to continue and truly get burned out, like just continue in your burnout and really get roasted and like just have nothing to give. And then what can cause you to leave the church is by um, not analyzing and addressing what you are doing, what is happening in your life, um, especially when it comes to the church. So an example is like what I always tell people, right. In serving, like I'm very passionate about people serving in the church. I want people to see that as a form of worship. Uh, because mm. it, because it is, um, and and to to serve the church in that way and whatever their gifting uh, calls for, or sometimes whatever the need is, it may not be your gifting, but whatever the need is. But when I always tell people, right, with my ministry leaders, right, I ask them for a two year commitment and say, 
you know, this is a high stress job. You're scheduling, you're responsible uh, for people in this ministry. Um, I want you to know that after two years, I want you to commit to that. And then we're going to have another conversation and you have an off board if you want that. Like if you are feeling that burnout, if you feel like you need a break. And I think we should have that for all volunteers in the church after a certain period of time. So you are feeling that if you feel burnt out because maybe you're overly involved in church. Um, are you right? There are seasons we talk about in um, uh, spousal relationship. Um, sometimes you're the gardener and sometimes you're the flower. Right. Um, and so that is where you are in church ministry. Like talk to your ministry leaders, talk to your pastor, say, I need to be a flower right now. You can put a different analogy. You could use your own. Like I, I need to be shepherded and I just need for the season, however long that is, uh, I need to step back. And I still want to be involved in church. I'm, I'm coming. I, w- I want to be shepherded, but like, I can't lead this or I can't serve as much as I used to because I just, and like the weight of it is upon me. Um, how healthy is that, right? Um, to recognize that in yourself and take that step back for your long-term future in the church. Um, so that, that'll, that'll be my first thought. I'd leave it at and throw it to you. Mm, I, like, I like that first thought. Um, although I feel like two, two years, I gave my, my team one year. So that's a, that's a good way to keep, keep the people around longer. <laughs> just <laughs> to not give them an out after, uh, after one time. Oh man. Why am I always short on, on volunteers? Wow. What the, um, yeah. Um, so I, uh, when I was, um, younger, uh, my, my, my buddies and I used to go to Taco Bell all the time Allah. and, uh, and, uh, now I'm at the age, right. We're at the age where now eating Taco Bell, like once a month and we feel pain. So um, it's, it sounds so good in the moment. Yes. And an hour later, you're like, it, why? But, but when you are that teenager, right. What would you you're the teenager and, and Ed, you know, you enjoy it. So like my, my friends, I used to get it all the time. And even when we, uh, we talked about getting sick of it, um, we were like, well, uh, what do we do when we get sick of Taco Bell? Well, you eat more Taco Bell. Um, now what does this have to do with the church? Nothing really. I just wanted to talk about that. No. Um, I had a, um, in a related, uh, philosophy, uh, if you will, um, a, uh, a, a, good, a good mentor of uh, both my wife and I, we, uh, we got together with them. Yeah. A number of months now. And yeah, cause we're, we're trying to think through, yeah. What does it look like for us to, to, to be a part of a church and do we be a part of a church right now? You know, th- those are the different questions. And and one of the things he said was, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to heal from the church, that's when you really need the church. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and so in that same vein of like, yeah, like, yeah, just keep eating keep eating those cheesy gordita crunches and eventually the, the, the taste will come back. You, you need the church, right? You need to still to be, keep being a part of it. And I think that involves a lot of work, right. In some cases. And I, you know, I think, I think churches right now, Andrew are, are having a hard time figuring out what it looks like to, to do life like in person again, after, after, yeah, a lot of, a lot of time of figuring out how to do ministry online. And and now it's, you know, there's, there's been then been that shift. So there's, there's some work involved in that, but, you know, I would, I would, I would tell anyone if you were, if you thought that to, to, you know, to help burn out of the church was to not be a part of the church at all. I would have to ask you the question, like, where else are you going to find these kind of like, of like life-giving spiritual relationships that are going to help you grow? Like, where, where are you going to find that? Like, are you going to find that online? Are you going to find that through social media? I think there's a reason why people are more lonelier than ever. It's because like, the, the, the modes that we have been using to try to give community or give connectedness are failing us. 
And, and, and so if you're looking, if you're expecting to find spiritual connection outside of the church, um, away from the local establishment and, you know, then I, then, then look, I don't think you're going to be able to grow in, in any way. You're not going to find the healing that you're looking for. And, and I think if you're like, well, if you're waiting for the next perfect church to get into the reality is that that doesn't exist. That's, that's a unicorn out there that, that isn't there. You, you gotta be a part of it. And, and that's, but I think the, the benefit is there, right? The, it's going to be worth it. Um, because yeah, like these, these spiritual life giving relationships are essential to, to our lives, to our hearts. And yeah, you can't, you can't get that by just being like, I'm going to take a, a year break from the church and just like watch it online. And I know people like people do that, like at big churches sometimes, right. Or online, they kind of sneak in, sneak out, but that's also a way of missing out on, on the, the beautiful relationships that, that God has. So there's, there's mine. So Taco Bell and church, that's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting kind of tired of having to go to the hospital. So burnt out on it. So I'm just not going to go. <laughs> and then I'm going to web and dig it online and fix myself. Yep. yep. Yeah. I could be my own doctor. Oh no. How do I have? <laughs> well, which leads, I've got two more and and I'll say that one for a second. Uh, the other one I was going to say is um, <laughs> despite my first recommendation of taking a step back, if you need to, um, Sometimes you actually need to serve more and engage mm. more in the church and engage more with people. Um, so a lot of times I see people that get really um, just kind of spiraling into themselves or self self involved with their problems and their things that are going on, um, and not that there aren't valid things going on inside of you. But sometimes, sometimes the best response is to take a step back, and sometimes mm. the best response is to dive in and invest in other people. Right. So yeah. you, so if you make it a point to like, encourage three different people on a Sunday, just that, you know, are struggling or just, but you don't know, you don't know they're struggling. You just, whatever. And you make it a point to go get involved in a new ministry. Um, or a lot of people have a note writing ministry, right? We're going to write two notes a day and mail them mm. uh, to people just in general encouragement, the shift off of yourself and the shift on to helping and encouraging somebody else in the Lord could be exactly what you need. And we, and we should all be doing that to some degree. I hope that we are um, as we walk down the trail of sanctification and becoming more spiritually mature, uh, shifting off of our own stuff and onto other people's stuff and helping. But um, just for some people, that's going to be rejuvenation of life to realize that it's not all about you. And so instead of wallowing in my problems, I am going to invest in somebody else mm. and encourage somebody else. Again, I'm not saying... I'm not saying any of these recommendations are a blanket for everybody, um, but consider your own needs. And I think that's what some people need. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, <laughs> despite my most recent statement about not being a blanket for everybody, this next one is uh, my final one, probably the most important one. And you kind of uh, alluded to it, or, to it earlier. Um, the church is not Jesus. Mm. So when you get are burnt out, from the church. Don't conflate those two things. We've talked about that on this podcast a number of times, and hopefully any good podcasts that follow Jesus would say this, says this at some point, but do not look at the church and equate it word association in your mind to, to being Jesus, right? He is the quencher of thirsts. He is the um, 
I don't know the right analogy here. The sand puts out the fire of that is burnout. Mm. Um, and then another analogy, he is the fire that reignites when you have gone dry, right? Whatever, insert analogy here. That's what the title of this podcast is going to be. Um, <laughs> he, he is the answer, right? To, yeah. to, to be the right Sunday school answer. Um, what can you do now is invest in Jesus. And if you are not doing that, um, to be sure, you can be investing in Jesus on a daily basis and still experience dry seasons 100%. But to walk away from being in deep relationship and consistent relationship with him, you will never work through this burnout without that. You will never develop, again, the heart for the church and his bride that he wants you to have if you are not in him on a regular and consistent basis. Mm. In fact, in fact, don't do a single other thing we have said, we have recommended, and not that those are the right recommendations, but don't do any of them if you are forsaking that. Um, that is, what can you do now? Continue to do that. That's the only hope. I mean, he is the, he is the hope. So to neglect our personal relationships with him um, is to neglect any hope we have of uh, working through this burnout and this trial. Mm. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Top that, Mike. Oh, I, I can't. I'll I'll just uh, no, I'll just can't. I'll just carry it carry it here to the end zone. Um, you know, back in the uh, the David Brooks article, um, it, it mentions uh, the rapper and artist Lecrae. Actually, uh, one of our listeners sent me a, a podcast so to listen to. Um, and and unfortunately, right, it you know Lecrae has had a I think a rough go of it with with evangelicalism, right? And and some of this started back around Trayvon Martin, where. For those of you who don't know who Lecrae is, just in case, right? He is a, a super, like, he's a fantastic, gifted artist. Um, and uh, really, you know, youth groups across America really <laughs> decided that, like, like we're going to we're gonna rap like Lecrae. So, that, that, you know. And then as as some of these things are coming out, as, as Lecrae was being more outspoken about some of the racial issues that he was seeing. And this is, like, before George Floyd, right, where where I think now people are maybe a little more privy to it. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he received a lot of flack from either, you know, uh, former listeners or, or pastors and elders who used to, you know, um, who he used to trust. And so he, he, I remember this podcast talked about going through a, just a deep crisis of faith and almost like, like, I, how do I, I don't know what to do and to view about the church. And I think one of the things that he said was, which was profound was that he had to kind of work through, you know, seeing, you know, I mean, there's the church, which is the institution and, and it is what it is. It's, it could be a good institution, a bad institution. Most of the time it's, it's both. Right. Um, and, uh, and he talked about how like he needed to, to look past that in order to see more of who Jesus, like, to see Jesus and to, and to press into that and to not base his faith on people, but the person of Christ. And, and, you know, I think that is, that, that is a big part of this too. Right. When, you know, when we're feeling discouraged or burned out by the church, whether it's, it's a number of things, right? Like this is where it gets complicated. That's where, that's where you got to go back to the source. You got to go back to um, just, just being amazed by Jesus and being amazed by God as a creator. And that could be, I don't know, just taking a, a sabbatical from certain things and uh, I don't know, going out in nature or writing or I don't know. Right. Like I think, I think whatever it looks like it, it involves being in scripture, right. It involves having a, a thirst for him. Mm. Um, but that, yeah, if you like, if like Andrew said, if that's not priority, then none of this is going to matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Because 
nothing will be able to help you. No program, no initiative, no, no, no movement to try to save the world if you don't have Christ at the center of it. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. Really, is the the cure for burnout? <laughs> it's it's Jesus. It's a Sunday school answer, Andrew. But it's it's so it's so real. And I think you know there are other weed details we can get to as to like how how to do that. But like I think other podcasts have a good you know have a good grasp on that. But you can talk to your pastor, right? Talk to your pastor about what it is to like reach out to the us. Lord. Reach out to us, man. Yeah. Shoot, I'm not doing much nowadays, so. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you never did much. Let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) My heart. No. Truth will set you free, Mike. (laughs) Okay, man, I feel like we solved it. Solved burnout in the church. We solved burnout in the church. Man, you and I are, we're killing it this This season. You know, this could be a two-parter. I feel like there's so much so much in here we didn't even get to the idea <laughs> a lot of what you said in the intro like the three big issues from that article um <laughs> yeah so we just there's a there's a whole whole lot we could go yeah and and it's and i feel like all, all those topics almost need their own episode um for sure but i i, th- I think yeah i mean if we're if we're trying to be pastors to pastor the flock whether it's the ones in our own context or over the interweb. Um, yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's hard stuff. Right. And, uh, good, good stuff that needs to be said. Yeah. Well, on to the wrap up and thank yous. Um, I think that I made you go first last time. So I'll go first this time. Oh, splendid. I totally remember that from a month ago. Um, yeah, yeah, you should go first. No, just kidding. I'll go first. Um, I'm sure this is a thank you that I'm recycling from somewhere in our 24 episodes. Uh, and it's pretty shallow this time, which is okay. I'm so thankful for uh, spring coming and warmer weather because we got teased with it in March, like some nice 60, 65, taking the kids to the park. Um, um, and then I, and then it's been rainy the last week, really dreary. Yeah. And I look outside today and I've thought so much, Oh, I should, I should uh, take the kids to the park after work and then i step outside and i'm like oh wait oh it's absolutely freezing it's fake spring it's fake spring so but instead of being half uh the cup half empty about that i'm going to be cup half full about uh spring is coming and it's going to be beautiful i can't wait for life to open up again getting outside just popping out the door to swing or take a back ride with their kids go to the playground Mm. there you go Mm. i love it go to like go to the lakefront Oh, that's you can't do anymore, sucker. Uh, I mean, that's not true. I can I can drive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I saw I saw you I saw you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's such a good one, Andrew. I almost feel like that was going to be mine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if I was going to say a thank you. Uh, I'll I'll give this one out to. Uh, I'll say this to pastors. I'll say a thank you to, and I think of, of specific pastors in my life. Ma- Andrew, maybe you could think of like me and yours yeah yeah you are you are my pastor Ooh, that's, that's probably not good if i know just no just a pastor just a pastor yeah. but yeah i think about man this the season's been so hard uh mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons and like yeah i feel like we've been at the mercy of a lot of different things here right and, mm-hmm. and just trying to come up and and figure out ways to minister and, and times that have been really hard and times where we've had little answers um all we've we've been able to do is just hold on for dear life. So I think like 
so I would say, Hey, to any listener, go thank a pastor sometime <laughs> after you hear this episode. Don't, don't wait till, uh, when, when's pastor appreciation month. That's like um, October, maybe. I don't, yeah, no, that's I don't right. know. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's imperative to, to, you know, encourage that because it is hard, right? Like it's, uh, I'm not saying being a pastor is the hardest, hardest job to do right That's now. Okay. I'll say, I'll a, say it. <laughs> I guess you can. It's definitely in the top five. Uh, I put doctors and nurses up there, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's been hard to, um, and I say that from experience, right? It's just hard. And then mm. this time has been hard and it's discouraging. And like, we could talk a whole lot about what's the, what's the church in this new world look like. And we don't know. And and I think all these different questions that are, that are, that are overwhelming to deal with. And so I think that's where, yeah, to, to any pastor who's right now, just putting up the fight and, uh, and doing the best that they can, knowing that they're going to, they're going to mess up and get hated by, you know, you know, people in their own congregation or outside the congregation. Mm. It's hard, but, uh, but the Lord has called you. It's a great calling. It's a hard calling. So thank you. Thank you, pastors, especially the ones who are listening to this podcast, which apparently there's a few. So Come thanks on. guys. That's a good word. And I'll explain it to even just church staff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, if you, if you um, are at a church or involved in a church or whatever, a lay person, the best thing you can do is just uh, drop a word of encouragement, support your church staff. It's, it's our job and our calling to encourage and support you and help you, but, but we certainly need it too. So drop a, drop a word to your church staff who uh, have been doing it, trying to, you're right. It's a good word. It's a good. Thank you. Um, okay. We did it. Episode. We did it. 24 of the redeeming church podcast thanks for joining us if you have any questions um thoughts or concerns you can keep them to yourself because uh, <laughs> mike doesn't want to hear him because he's not a pastor anymore um just kidding you can send them to me um or either of us uh you can get that information in the show notes uh, or if there's a topic, we always say this. I think we've gotten very few, we've gotten a couple. If it's a topic you, you'd like to hear Mike and I um, uh, diatribe about and give you lots of uh, bad recommendations about, let us know. and We'll do our best to, to um, stop it into the ground. Um, there's, been got, a, there's been a high demand for uh, Christian cliches part two, so that might be our, <laughs> our season finale. We can stomp those into the ground for sure. But uh, yeah, we're shooting for five or six more episodes this season. So we've got some work ahead of us that we're excited about. Some guest speakers with Mike. Um, but until next time, hope you have a great start to April. Have a great uh, Easter. I think we'll do another one before Easter, but uh, have a great Easter uh, holiday. Yeah, step into spring here. And until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Mike. And this was episode 24 of the Redeeming Church podcast. Mm-hmm.